Blog Talk Radio. to raise the question, what is it that we're going to do independent of white people? It is very, very hard for us to envision a world without white people. But we cannot create our own agenda until and unless we can define an agenda that can envision a world in which they don't exist. Now we have to wake up and come back to the reality of them. But certainly when we talk about a future, we have to talk about a future from our point of view and our historical understanding of reality. Majwo, Habargani, Salbona, Indamanesh, Indamana, Yimhotep, Nangadef, Anisogoma, Peace, War, Pan-African Greetings, Family. This is Kamal Mukasey Dahoudi, and you have entered Africa's Reascension. As we usually do, we start off the show with an apae or a libation, which deliberately calls upon the energies of our African gods, our African spirit forces, and the forces of those yet born to guide and bless this endeavor. Odumakuman, Inyame, Inyame Wa. A treaty upon Olorum in Kulukulu Beje Yansa Asasa Yansa Abasun Yansa Abasun Po Yansa Nana Sergi B Yansa Nana Esiketu Yansa Nana Dadakofi Yansa Nana Tigare Nana Tigare Nana Tigare Yansa Nana Kumi Yansa Kweku free and sa, Akonari a benansa, Asubontin and sa, Ochewansa, Tamensa and sa, Oshun and sa, Oya, Oya, Oya and sa, Shango and sa, Nananom and Samanfo and sa, and Samanfo Abasu of Fow and sa. Abasun, Abasu of Fawansa. Yeshrimo Yansa, Yeshrimo Ahudin, Yeshrimo and Chera, Yeshrimo Sikapa, Yeshrimo and Kwasu, Yeshrimo and Kwasu, Abasu of Faw, Yea and Kwasu. I asked the Odomakuman and Yame and Yamewa, Treaty of Poem. Use me and this form to impart clarity and cultural consistency to all within the sound of my voice. May I speak directly to your soon soon, your spirit, and reawaken the long, dormant, and asleep African within. Medasi pa, medasi bio, mo piafo, mo ne casa, medasi nanano, yo medasi nanano. All right. Again, my name is Kamal Mukasey Duhudi. I want to welcome everyone here to Africa's Reascension. Um, 
few folks in the chat, a few folks online. Thanks, thank you, thank you. And, of course, I always have to say thanks to everyone who um, downloads the program. Uh, for the folks in the chat who want to be a part of the discussion, 760-454-1111, Do a quick clip, then we'll do a recap of what we talked about last week dealing with um, cold cock us being cold cocked into Christianity by um, Reverend Dr. Carl Charles Colcott Jones, and then we'll go ahead and finish up the book analysis. Talk about his catechism, and I'll read a bit of it. And we should probably see some present-day similarities just going on with that. And then within the rest of the book, I talk about um, alternatives and give some resources that folks, if you agree and understand that Christianity was given to us um, to keep us away from our own spiritual systems that we brought over with us, um, you went through the book, you understand that, you see that this whole us being Christian was a idea in this guy's head and other folks agree with his idea and his legwork and the template that he laid down and now you see why the majority of us are Christians, and then you look at our paltry conditions and you see that this Christian shit ain't gotten us anywhere, and you want to look back, You want, excuse me, you want to reconnect with what we were doing, then I, I add a few resources in the back of the book, how to make a Negro Christian, um, and how to do that. So, yeah, let me play a promo, maybe a quick music selection, then we'll come back and do a recap. Welcome to the desert of the real. Peace, family. This is your brother, Hollow, a.k.a. Mr. Holipsis, a.k.a. the Buzzkiller. Tune in to Holipsism's Haven every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we discuss the social, economic, and political issues of the day with a common-sense approach, an African-centered perspective, and a universal sensibility. Call in number 347-843-4874. That's 347-843-4874. To check out related YouTube videos, blogs, and show archives, visit www.holipsism.com. That's www.holipsism.com. I'm making it hard to get your Negro on. Hotep, Black Power. There's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad.
Sheba. That's what's up. That song was in Homer. All right, so by way of recap, the last two sessions we've been talking about a guy who actually lived. Um, we deal with Willie Lynch, who Professor Manu M. Pym, I think, has nicely shown he did not exist. Um, somebody made it up. And if you Google his name, Manu M. Pym, M-A-N-U, A-M-P-I-M, he's got um, a two-part research thing called Death of the Willie Lunch Letter, and he walks you through the process. Um, But here, How to Make a Negro Christian, I have dug up an actual Caucasoid who did exist. Um, As we stated earlier, before he was born, December 20th, 1804, and died March 16th, 1863, in Liberty County, Georgia, um, married his first cousin Was called the apostle of the blacks He um, was an enslaved African owner On his plantation in Liberty County And basically Dr. Reverend Charles Colcott Jones um, Put together the blueprint The template for um, giving black folks Christianity In 1831 he did a sermon In 1832, he published a book of the same name, which was called The Religious Instructions of the Negro, which was his ideas, his templates on how to give us, the enslaved African population, Christianity. He went from plantation to plantation all throughout the South, sharing these ideas with other enslaved African owners. And... um, you know, he heard he heard objections, he heard um, critiques, he heard good points, bad points, whatever, whatnot. And then in 1847, he um, published a, a, an updated version of that called Suggestions of the Religious Instructions of the Negro. And so in part one, we basically walk through the intro and introduce you to Reverend Dr. Charles Colcock Jones. And then last week we went through, because the book that I did in 2006, I reprint the actual documents. I reprint the sermon in total. I reprint suggestions um, on the religious structures of the Negro in impartial total. And then I even throw some catechism information because he created a catechism, um, which a lot of folks used. Then and unfortunately still used now uh, They've tweaked it of course Over 100 years ago But the template The footwork The legwork that he used That he put into place Is still Largely, largely going on Today And I walked through that in my book How to Make a Negro Christian um, You can either go to Lulu.com Slash Kamal K-A-M-A-U-301 And get it from them 1695 Or if you go to the page I set up NegroChristian.webs W-E-B-S Dot com Then you'll see if you When you purchase my book You can pick um, a book for free I have um, other books up there So that's like a free book campaign And the hot book That I've been giving away now is a lot of folks have wanted um, Holy Lockdown 
I was able to get a few copies of that, and I've been offering that as um, the free book. So once you get mine, you can get um, Holy Lockdown as well. So those are the places where you can go and get that. So, yeah, so we've been walking through his words, his plans, um, what he felt, how he really (laughs) felt about um, these Negroes, these black folks that was on this plantation. And where we left off last week was, again, dealing with the catechism, catechism approach, which Which I'm trying to see where to start. Should I start with the catechism? Oh, I'll do it this way. So I'm reading from the book, page 118. I want to <laughs> share some interesting stuff. This is the catechism approach that he put together. Um, first, first I'll do a quote from him. Then I'll be doing some talking Then I'll go back to another quote So this is what Colcock had to say Let the teacher ask the question And repeat the answer And explain it And then continue asking the question Until the answer is committed to memory The scholars answering all together Or one after another As the teacher may prefer Now this is me talking This was a tactic specifically designed for the oral instruction of the Negro. For people still trapped in the moribund Christian system reading this, people who recently escaped and still have memories, or even those like myself who have been free from the spiritual confusion for a long time, all should be aware that this methodology, catechizing, is still in place today. Negroes know very little of the Bible, and worst of all, close to... 0% of its actual historical creation From just asking around Negroes in large numbers Haven't even actually read this Verification from cover to cover What they do quote unquote know Are certain lines, certain passages And or certain scriptures These quote unquote certain passages Are those same ones That we get drubbed over the head with Sunday after Sunday after Sunday As long as some of these Negroes have been in church you would think they've gone through most of the, if not all, the whole book. But no, 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 no. The preachers, pastors, etc., find a few lines, dust off their concordances to get a few other lines for quote-unquote support, link that message with some present-day occurrences, add canned shouting and timed organ music, and miraculously, preacher man and wife have a new car, a new house, and a 102-inch TV. But now, don't take my word for it, however. Let's use the dutiful instruction from 1847 and Dr. Jones as he walks you through the process. So now, again, I'm quoting from Colcock, and this is um, his suggestions. The instruction must necessarily be communicated in a (laughs) catechetical way. C-A-T-E-C-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. You must use the catechism approach, basically. As with a few exceptions, the multitude of children and youth do not read. This is particularly the fact with those who live in the country. Let the teacher ask 
the question and repeat the answer and explain it. Then continue asking the question until the answer is committed to memory, the scholars answering all together or one after another as the teacher may prefer. Besides catechisms, particular portions of scriptures may be selected in order, read and explained and applied, and questions asked the school upon them, the school being us enslaved Africans. Scripture cards with pictures illustrating scripture history are sometimes used. The Negroes are fond of singing, and it is a matter of much importance to their improvement and interest in the school that hymns and psalms of suitable character be taught, and the scholars taught also to sing them accurately. These hymns and psalms will be sung by them in their religious meetings and while they are engaged in their daily duties, and they will gradually be substituted for many songs and hymns which they are in the habit of using for the want of something better. While conducting the school, occasionally alter the posture for the sake of relief and interest. Let it be sometimes that of standing and sometimes that of sitting. At the close, let the superintendent review the school on the lesson and hymns of the day and explain and apply them, the object being not only to convey the form of sound words, but the substance and power also. Frequent reviews should by no means be omitted. He continues with this. See, I'm trying to put this. He put this together 1847. Now, the first sermon, 1831, he updated in 1847. And what I need for folks to hear who are listening now and who will archive it is the same process, the same bullshit is going on today in every single black church, east, west, north, south, and central. Quoting again. An hour or an hour and a quarter will be long enough for keeping in the school. It is better to stop short of the moment of weariness than to go beyond it. Take the following order of exercises, and it will about consume the time mentioned. Hear this now. Open with singing. Read a portion of Holy Scripture. Pray. After prayer, let the school repeat the Lord's Prayer. Decree the commandments, select verses of scripture. Teach a hymn or a portion of it which the school is learning and make the school rise. Teach for a short time the tune with the hymn. Review the last lesson, sing again, teach the lesson in the catechism for the day, give explanation and make an application. This should be done by each teacher privately to his class and then by the superintendent to the whole school. And dismiss and dismiss with or without prayer and a dismission hymn or doxology. So now this is me talking. I'm quoting, I'm reading from my book, um, page 120. So, Negroes are to sing, read scripture snippets, pray, recite the Lord's Prayer, Creed, Commandments, and another scripture snippet. Sing again, rise, teach something along with a song or hymn, review, sing some more, explain, and relate it to present day. 1847 to 2006, well, now 2010. Things aren't that far off the mark after all that time. And so then I quote 
an article, um, Walter Pitts, he wrote a piece called Religious Fusion in Afro-America, Free Borrowing or um, Formed Camouflage. And this is what he had to say about what we just read. The Reverend Charles Colcock Jones, an influential and major advocate of plantation missions for Christianizing the slave, stipulated that the following outline, which had been inherited from the revivals, should be followed for plantation prayer meetings. One is the opening, hymn and prayer. Two, scripture reading. Three, singing a hymn. Four, sermon or lesson. Five, closing prayer or hymn. So I'm trying to get you all to see that this plan that he put together way back then is damn near still in place exactly today. Now let me read you all a bit of stuff that comes from his catechism. He put this one together. Um, well, this is this was the revised edition, 1852, but he put this together, I think, around the 1830s or so. A catechism of spiritual doctrine and practice for families and Sabbath schools designed also for the oral instruction of colored persons. And so, like us, like like we were reading, you he get you. The person up there puts out a question, and then he gives the answer, and then you repeat back to him. So, one of the questions. Now, remember, now I'm reading from 1847. What is said of the wages of sin? Answer: The wages of sin is death. Question: What is said of the soul that sinneth? Answer. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. And they back these up with um, Bible quotes, too, or the actual scripture. Um, what kind of death? What kind of death of, excuse me, what kind of death? What kind of punishment of sinners is here meant? Answer, punishment in hell forever. Question, but can we not, though we have, though we are condemned sinners, do something good for ourselves and of ourselves, worthy in God's sight, something that will please him and be enough to make him pardon us and take us to heaven? No. Oh, the answer, no. Question, can we work out no righteousness of our own under the law for our justification before God? Answer, no. I'm, I'm reading some of this. Again, when you talk to your typical Christian, I mean, one reason why this, this the catechism and this whole Colcock piece hit me <laughs> so much when I first came across it was because when you talk to these Christians, they are telling you the exact same shit. And so then when I came across and I'm reading the catechism and then I'm thinking back to conversations that I had with Christians and it's almost verbatim, what are the ways of sin? The ways of sins are that. It's like they put the tape in in 1847 and they, they hit play. And they've been hitting rewind and rewind and re-fucking-wind ever since. And we have not stopped. It's the same stuff over and over again. Question. Can we then as sinners save ourselves? No, we cannot. Question. If we are ever saved, how must we be saved? Answer. By a Savior. Question. Who is the Savior of sinners? Answer, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
and then they go through blah, 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 blah. And, again, it's like when you read these this catechism, this question and answer piece, and you listen to black folks still to this day, it's like we're saying the same stuff over and over and over again. Do we ah, do we need any other savior? Answer, no, we are complete in him. Hmm. <laughs> oh, God, we are lost forever unless we have a savior. Can we save ourselves? No, we cannot. We can do nothing in and of ourselves that would be worthy in God's sight and blah and blah and blah. And it's the same shit over and over and over again, people. And so uh, how to make a Negro Christian, I tried to walk through and show. It's on repeat. It's on repeat. Let me do a last quote from Cole Cox. And then let's move into the end part of the book. Let them, the slave master, invest a little capital in the minds and hearts of their people, us Africans. And it will prove to all concerned a peace-giving and profitable investment for time and for eternity. For time and for eternity. Basically, Give these folks Christianity. You won't have to beat them anymore on the plantation. You 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 won't have to worry about them being insubordinate. You won't have to worry about all of that because you have given them this religion, and they will and 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 they will they will become subservient even more. They will become happily subservient because in serving the quote unquote no. In serving you, they are serving their quote-unquote lord. And since the enslaved African owner just so happens to look like all the pictures of the lord, you see the visual connection that was made. It was made dutifully well on the plantations, on the physical plantations, 1800s. It is now still being acted out dutifully well in the spiritual plantations called churches in every black community, every single place on the planet. Because it's done in Africa, it's done in the Solomon Islands, it's done in Micronesia, it's done in Australia, the same shit. What we were doing before we knew about a white man, before we knew about a Christianity and that Bible lie and all of that, what we were doing back then wasn't good enough. Missionaries and all of them came and said What y'all were doing is bad and evil and backwards Here, let us give you the real thing Let us give you a God Of course, we didn't. most of us didn't accept that immediately But after years and years and years 80 to 90% of us take that shit Lock, lock stock and barrel and 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 take it unquestioningly now. And now, those of us who, who think we got a little information, instead of now moving away from it, we now make excuses and try to make a claim that it's ours. But the 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 uh, we address that very clearly in exposing the fallacies of the African origins of Christianity. So if anybody want to hear how we knock down those excuses on trying to make Christianity an African system, 
please go download part one, part two, and part three. Um, so we'll take a last break for a minute, and then we'll get into um, the end part of the book and coming back home spiritually. Hotep, I'm Shakan Dugu Kemet. Check out AfroStyly, that's A-F-R-O-S-T-Y-L-Y dot com slash English. If you have not yet seen Introduction to Kemet, you're already sleeping. I don't argue, I state facts. Hence why I check the Hebrews Israelites, the black Muslims, Ali Muhammad, Dr. Wesley Muhammad, the Moors, and many others. No matter what, I never lied on them, disrespected them, nor called them names. I also proved that Allah is not written in hieroglyphics. I thank Brother Holy Psism for the opportunity. Asante and Hotep to all non-religious heterosexual Africans worldwide. A lot of people think when they read the Bible that the same revelation that, that's written in the Bible is going to be their, their judgment in life. That Jesus is going to come and judge the world. And you're going to get hemmed up with that. You better be good. A God of justice is not going to judge the slave the way he judges the slave master. You started out with nothing. Everything taken from you. You're a prisoner of war. You can go to God and say, God, I never even got a chance to know myself. How can I know you? God even knows that already. So the judgment is not on us. But what we do, we forgot about us. We forgot about our God. And what we do is we read the Bible and we say, wow, we're we going to suffer the same fate as the Jews. No, you're not Jewish. If you ever want to escape Armageddon, read a different book. All of the things that... How did we get this religion we talked about earlier? I talk about Star Trek. And we talk about the what? The time warp that Star Trek depicts quite frequently. Of how people move from one state of consciousness and one world and are suddenly flipped into a new world. They go through a warp and suddenly, all of a sudden, everything that they used to use to guide themselves no longer counts. The language that they used to speak can no longer be understood in the new world. The values that they used to guide their behavior are no longer uh, workable. In fact, it gets them into trouble. The gods, the culture, the nature of the social relations, and all of the things that they used prior to meeting the walk no longer suffice. Now they must learn new values and new behaviors and new orientations in order to adapt themselves to the new universe that they live in. We are in that kind of position today. Think about the African in the world the African lived in prior to being brought across the oceans. Think about the gods we praise. Think about the organization of our society. Think about the languages that we spoke, the food that we ate, the dress that we wore, the music, the songs, the dance, and all of those things that defined us as African people. And think how horrendous it must have been for us to be thrown into this world 
where there was a whole new language, a whole new social hierarchy, a whole new set of authorities, people pushing you around who you don't understand, people who are putting strange tools in your hands, people who are trying to get you to relate to them and to relate to each other in a very different kind of way from what you're used to relating to. Think about the stress and the confusion and think about the abuse. Think about the horror of that situation our parents and great-grandparents were put in. And there was somebody that said then, if you pray to this God, if you talk this way, if you dress this way, if you relate this way, you'll get a greater sense of security. Your anxiety will be reduced. You will feel good. And you'll be able to withstand the pain of your existence. And the God then that I'm going to hand you is one that I have created for you. And a theology that comes with it is one that I have created so that you will continue to serve me as you continue to serve it. And we come to believe in the veracity of that God and that religion. Why? Because we feel so secure when we follow it. And we feel so relieved when we follow it. And yet we wonder why, despite all of our prayers, despite all of our devotion, we still suffer the way we do. I often ask the question, why is it that the people who pray the most have the most of their children in the jails of America today? who shout and kick over the benches and so forth, are filling up the prisons and have the children killing each other and addicted out here in these streets. There must be a problem here, ladies and gentlemen. We must reorient ourselves to our religion. We must reorient ourselves to our gods because apparently we, are not, we, are not, we don't have the appropriate orientation because as that book you read says, you can tell a tree by what? The fruit it bears. And therefore, if it bears bitter fruit, or if it bears no fruit at all, the God you worship says it is but fit to be hewn down and thrown into the flame and consumed. Read your own Bible. It gives you a very practical measure as to whether the religion you're pursuing is an appropriate one. And that measure says, Look at the fruit that it bears. All right. Let's see. We started off with a uh, promo, Afro Styley, and then I played a nice little short clip from KRS from his new album, Meta Historical. Um, I really like that one. <laughs> and that long piece came from um, Baba Amos Wilson. And for folks who have the book or who will get the book, um, negrochristian.webs, W-E-B-S dot com, um, you can get my book and a free book of your choosing after you purchase it. I played that long Amos Wilson clip because I have it in my book because I really wanted us to try to understand, again, like you said, reorient ourselves to ourselves. And so that is basically 
I have a section called Beginning the Reconnection to Our African Spiritual Greatness. Excuse me. So reading from the book, by using primary source documents, reprinting Reverend Jones's work, some in their entirety, and by reading his own words with added commentary, I've tried to paint a picture unseen clearly until now. We Africans were forced out of our original cultural milieu, and based on the lie that we were without culture and without God, Caucasoids took it upon themselves to give us both. As more of us believed the lie, were schooled and religiously instructed by Caucasoids, close to all vestiges of our African consciousness, were systematically chipped away at until today, Large portions feel they want nothing to do with Africa and or have no African left in them. <clears throat> Excuse me. These same large portions, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, have been schooled and instructed out of how we once related to the unseen forces in our unique ways. We now almost exclusively are calling upon that entity in ways taught to us first by Caucasoids explicitly and then most deceptively by our own people, thereby better entrenching our spiritual captivity. And so then I lay out what you just heard, that whole nice long Amos Wilson piece. And so I conclude this small chapter by saying, contrary to the false allegations of certain authors dealing with black church beginnings, we did not easily accept Christianity. As this evidence attempts to show, it made few inroads into our lives until after laws were passed and punishments enacted to prohibit us from using our innate creator-given spiritual systems, until after fresh supplies of continental Africans to remind the more seasoned, i.e. Europeanized of us, who we really were and where our real power lay stopped coming to these shores via the end of the physical arm of the Ma'afa, and until after the push to educate us in the reality of Caucasoids and instruct us in the religious realities of Caucasoids, period. Those things is what made us become Christians, because as we said, um, I think in part two, up until the, the, with that first census, that in 1906, that's when you see, and that's from the work of Arm Kurji Woodson. He online, he's got a piece on history of the Negro Church, but then he also talks about it in his equally great education of the Negro that folks pass up to get to miseducation. But we need to look at education. But in education and history of the Negro Church, he shares the 1906 census reports, which show that. Our, our our numbers as far as Christianness boomed. The, the the numbers of churches that we built, institutions that we did, all that sort of stuff within the Christian essence, if you will, exploded during that time. And I make the argument in my book, How to Make a Negro Christian, that it was because of the legwork and mind work of Charles Colcock Jones that that they got that ball in motion. Um, because there were a few folks who were pushing the um, let's Christianize black folks, let's Christianize the enslaved African peace people, but um, it was a scattered type of approach. 
until he came around with his quote-unquote expertise, his quote-unquote legwork and mind work. And as we stated last week, um, you find that other folks started using his work and, and his stuff as the template for their creation or their continuation to um, religiously enslave black people, i.e. make us Christians. So, yeah. So then we move on. I have a small chapter in here called Precursors to um, Diasporic African Spiritual Conquest. And I talk about the fact that um, they first tried this experiment in 1491 on the continent, and they were able to um, de-Africanize the, the Congo king over there. And when he came back, he made his portion of Angola um, a Christian nation. So so they tried it out there, and they got some success. And then I mentioned Africans were not the only people to be temporarily spiritually confused by Caucasoids. They had and have a wealth of religious conversion training on the group wrongly called Native Americans. And so then what I basically do is George Tinker wrote an excellent book. Y'all can get a hold of it, try to get a hold of it, called Missionary Conquest, The Gospel and Native American Cultural Genocide. And I really like this book because he doesn't, he didn't pull any punches, um, no punches on, on Christianity and, and how it is just totally um, – Ripped up his people Um, One quote by and large Indian people have found no liberation In the gospel of Jesus Christ But rather continued bondage to a culture That is both alien and alienating And even genocidal Against American Indian people Um, Another quote Cultural genocide Almost always involved An attack on the spiritual foundations Of a people's unity By denying the existing Ceremonial and mythological sense of a community In relationship to the sacred other Now the reason why I added this in Is because you know a lot of folks For some reason can attach Themselves better to What happened to the Native Americans The quote unquote Native Americans Than they can us in our own struggle And so they might just thought I was tripping If if, if I'm talking about Christianity So I was like let me bring in Somebody else from from a different culture, but it's talking the same stuff. And we're gonna do a show on cultural genocide because um, George Tinker walks through the definition of it and and how it's how it was done to his population very well. And also in uh, Mama Rimba's magnificent masterwork Urugu, um, she has a chapter in there on cultural genocide. And we gotta look at the hard. The hard aspects of culture genocide And the soft aspects of culture genocide The hard aspects are Again, we're going to Set up schools and educate you In our reality We're going to set up missionary schools And educate you in our spiritual reality Those are the hard aspects But the soft aspects Are Are Are, um, are, are, are entertainment Vehicles that Get western culture um, within the society Through the back door Because it's either through fiction Or it's through um, movies Or it's through some form of entertainment So those are soft assaults Soft aspects of cultural genocide So we are going to have a show dealing with that 
but the time is zooming. And so, yeah, I could read <laughs> some more of his quotes. Um, the gospel is not worked well for the Native Americans. Um, that's another one. Um, but, yeah, so I add that piece in and then move on. And so let's go on and get this with the last 10, 11 minutes we have. Because um, I hate books that give the, the give the problem but don't give any aspects of a solution or maybe just give one or two pages or one paragraph to solution. So I really was like, you know what, I want to put in some something else. So for folks who feel this book up to this point, and they want to move forward, they want to do something else, here are some resources for you. And so let me read a little bit from African Spiritual Reconnection 101. So you've made it this far. That is an accomplishment based on the job that Caucasoids have done, are doing with our traditions. That could mean you're an African from the lightest of the light to the darkest of the dark who has heard the call, felt the nudge of your African ancestors, and just never knew how to respond. You may have attempted to blacken up, black mythical Jesus, or even endinchronize, endinchra symbols inside the deceptively titled African Heritage Study Bible, your religious colonizer's material, of course, to no avail. Or maybe you have correctly jettisoned the religiously bankrupt system in all its forms, only to find yourself in a nebulous, nondescript, spiritual category, or worse, in a spiritual void. This section will lay out a few directives to open yourself up to responding to the ancestral nudge, rerouting yourself in the deep spiritual wisdom of your ancestors, and filling that void with African spirit-based truth. Since you are already open to this information, which is always the first step in any transformative process, we can proceed with tools for reaffinization which consists of must-have books and material to re-educate yourself in and about our African reality. So one of the regular callers has already said they've picked up this book, Ancestors, Hidden Hands, Healing Spirits by Babalao Ra Ifabima. This is an excellent, small, around 40 pages, inexpensive, 10-ish dollars, starter guide for setting up one's African-styled altar and how to begin opening up communication with one's lineage-based ancestors and other positive African energy forces. Powerful work. Let the Circle Be Unbroken by Dr. Marimba Ani. Another small yet deceptively efficacious work for showing how we today are still African at our very core. It also lays out details out to, as to what the African worldview or being African looks like. It's not just being born on the continent or speaking the African language. It goes much, much deeper. At about 100 or so pages and less than $12, this masterpiece definitely must be in one's library. I list two works from um, uh, my buddy uh, Kwesi Rodnahim Patai Khan. And so I would just say go to his website, www.ojirafo.com, O-D-W-I-R-A-F-O, O-D-W-I-R-A-F-O. 
And the first ones you at least want to get definitely is Ubin Shang, The Ancestral Summons, and Cuckoo Tum Tum, The Ancestral Jurisdiction. Here's a little blurb that I had to say about Ubin Shang. This is, to date, the most unapologetically African-centered, philosophically applicable work on the market. While a lot of Africans seeking have to read Eastern-based works to attempt to deal with day-to-day issues, Baba Kwesi Ra has finally given us African-based Africans something to read and apply for those same times. Now, when I printed the book, he was charging for it, but now it's free online when you go to his website, odwirafo.com. And after you read it, you'll definitely want to come back and give them a donation for 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 this this magnificent work. Um, and then also Cuckoo Tum Tum. Um, this three CD set could quite possibly be the final nail in the grand abominable lie called Christianity, while also slapping around other all non-African religious charades. For the purposes of this work, CD one is invaluable. What an African spirit-based African is truly like has never been more completely explicated than on this compact disc. One who, one who is open cannot help but be transformed after multiple listens and consistent application of this deep, deep African wisdom. And then I also share um, The Healing Wisdom of Africa by Maladoma Somme. Um, then now armed with a reassessment of African identity and reassessment of African spiritual wisdom and the rudiments of practical interaction with African unseen forces, the next step is deeper incorporation of these ideas into one's daily existence. So for everyone who claim, who will call themselves African-centered, have no problem with that, the first week of April here in D.C., they have the Sankofa Conference. Um, that is, you will get um, a mix of lectures, workshop, uncensored African dialogue, topped off with topped off with authentic and interactive African rituals. Um, people from Florida to Zimbabwe, Senegal to California, and Arizona come to recharge their African minds and spirits with people of like minds. And so, for more information about this, um, nationhouse.org. Next, one should begin to seek out traditional African practitioners and spiritual houses in their areas and begin to actively immerse oneself in the culture rea- in the African cultural reality. And I quote from the Ancobia um, Leadership Training Manual, and this is highly, highly important. In our quest to recenter ourselves, our families, our children, our physical space in African culture, we must constantly engage in study and discussion and strive to incorporate as much of traditional culture in our lives as possible as we learn. Strive to incorporate as much of traditional culture in our lives as possible as we learn. In doing this, we put greater distance between us, our families, and our communities and the historic entities of destruction that have wrought immeasurable pain, disruption, disease, and death 
on African people for at least three millennia. And I wish I could go into how important that is, but I see the time winding down. Um, I definitely mentioned the fact that as Native, quote-unquote Native Americans called the fakers within their systems plastic men and hucksters, um, we have charlatans in our communities, too, who are dealing with this African peace. And if you Google the National African Religious Congress, they I think they still have their annual um, conference in Philly. Um, I think it's passed already. It's in October. But they've put together... Um, basically a certification process. And even though the book of the people who they've certified is a bit pricey, it's a $200 book, again, if if you get that and you're looking for places that you can actually go to um, participate, to get readings done, things like that, um, and, and you have this book, that, you know, if you have this book, then within – you know, folks trying to create a certification process, you can, you know, hopefully be sort of assured that um, these aren't charlatans. These are actual, real, trained people with functioning spiritual houses, and they've went through a quote-unquote peer review process. Um, I list, yeah, what I'm going to do, because I want to get some more of this information in, so in the overtime, because I want I want to read the entire conclusion. So for everyone that's in the chat, if you want to continue listening, the the uh, on the computer you won't be able to hear it anymore in the next two minutes. But the call in number will be seven six zero four five four one 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 seven six zero four five four one 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 one. I'm going to continue, finish up the book, um, because I list certain places and certain areas where folks can go. And then, like I said, I want to read the conclusion of the book. So um, I hope I gave you enough snippets and nuggets to um, go ahead and want to pick up the book so you can read it for yourself. And you also want to check out on Blog Talk Radio, there's a show called Black Family Vanguard. They have done they have done three parts on this as well, and they call it the Spiritual Willie Lynch Letter. And they, um, just like I did in the other parts, are reading actual quotes from Charles Colcock Jones. And one of those brothers was an actual preacher, and the other one was headed for the seminary, but their Africanness kicked in. And and they were pulled out of that moribund system, and now they are on the path to spiritual spiritual liberation, as well as mental and other types of liberation as well. And so, check out on Blog Talk Radio, Black Family Vanguard, um, their um, spiritual Willie Lynch letter for even more ammo. And don't forget to download the archives of these two sh- these three shows now, so you can get all the information. Um, so what we're going to do is I'm going to play my end piece And then we're going to get back into um, finishing up the book So it will be in the record Because next week we're going to totally flip the script I haven't come up with a name for it yet I'm playing with something like um, The change that has to happen for change to happen Or something like that But we're going to look at um, organizing 
and from an African-centered understanding. So, Abibi Fahodier, Total African Liberation. of European control works is that you have to accept a concept of reality which makes them superior. If you deny that, their thing will not work and they will lose their control. All right. Peace to everyone that's in the call queue. Um, the switchboard has not died yet, but it will. Um, at that point, everyone will be brought in live, so if you're doing anything in the background, you may want to mute the phone. Um, but if not, then definitely raise your hand and we can get into it. Now, the switchboard going to die in a minute, so folks that's got their hand up, just give me a minute. I do at least want to read in um, some actual places that folks can go who want to get back home spiritually. Um, within here, the D.C. and uh, Maryland area, for con reclaimers, you have the Temple of Inyame led by Nanakwabana Brown. And he was actually the first um, Akan priest um, trained and graduated in the D.C. area. So he's been doing this for a long time, a beautiful brother. He's married to a beautiful sister who's um, into Ifa. So if you have a con shrines in your lineage or you have Ifa shrines in your lineage, um, both of them can give you magnificently accurate readings. And um, he performs weddings. He does – they perform weddings, I should say. They do um, relationship counseling. I even went to a magnificent wedding where the, um, the, 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 the bride and groom had uh, Mama Ie and um, Baba – Nanakwabana there to preside over the wedding. That was a wonderful thing. So um, he's on 949 Bonifat Street up in um, Silver Spring, Maryland. You also have the um, the shrine house that I belong to called um, Asomje Fie or Apsani, A-F-S-A-N-I. And um, you can go there. You, you can go to the website, apsani.org. Um, and we meet basically every Equasia da. Um, oh God, what is that? Thirty-four O two, Rhode Island Avenue, in Mount Rainier. Um, Joe's and old the old Joe's Emporium. Uh, if folks want information about that, y'all can hit me up. <laughs> because from the information that I got in the book to the more updated information, they've switched spots, and so that's why it's a bit confusing. Then you also have Nation House here that's led by Baba I.J. Mama Kuya Koto. Um, and there, right now at least, it's 747 Park Road. That, again, is off of Georgia Avenue. Um, you've got Onipo Obusua. Um, they used to meet more here, but they're mainly based in um, New York. Again, that was Baba Yao Denizulu's um, first um, first. Akan Shrine House, Onipa is first, and Abusua is family, so first family or first grouping. And so um, they do have a spot here, but I haven't, 
usually the emails that I get from them are talking about they're going to, you know, get on the bus and go up to New York where they're mainly based at. And so, um, again, if folks want more information on these specific groups, y'all can hit me up at Kamal301 um, at yahoo.com. Um, and if I don't know in your particular area, um, I have a network I can, you know, put the question out to other folks and try to get back to you. And, again, sticking with the D.C., Maryland area, for folks who are of the um, Yoruba Ifa persuasion, you've got the Yoruba Temple presided over by um, Mama Ifunyale Taylor, and she's up on um, Eads Road Southeast. Um, and we also have um, the Asar Set Society, founded by Raunef Ramin, if you're down with the comedic stuff. And I don't have their new address because they have moved off of Georgia Avenue. There's um, back off of Northwest off of Nicholson Street, so I'd have to get that information to anybody that wanted it. Um, for those in the Chicago area, for those, again, who are comedic reclaimers, you have the Temple of the African Community of Chicago, and um, their services are held at the um, Center of Inner City Studies, which is better known as the Comedic Institute, which is also better known as the Jacob Carruthers Institute after he passed. And I don't think they've moved. I think they're still on um, 700 East Oakwood Boulevard. So if you're in the Chicago area, um, you should check them out. Um, the Comedic Institute slash the Jacob Carruthers Institute. Uh, and they, they, when I was there, you know, they had once a month, quote-unquote, services, if you will, with under the Comedic system. Uh, and New York and Philly have a con and Yoruba temple scattered throughout their locales. New York can boast as having the first con house in the United States thanks to Nanaquia Parabia, Nanayad, and Izulu I, called Onipa Buswa. Um, and I'm, I'm remiss because I don't have the Edbeo Jovi um, address for Philly, but that is a powerful, powerful um, E5 Yoruba group out there doing some magnificent work. They just had a um, family development conference um, last Saturday, actually, um, I had plantation duty, so I couldn't go, but there's some powerful folks up there doing some stuff. And so I wanted to definitely read that into the record. Um, and, again, if you want more specifics, if you're in a certain area and you don't know where to look at, hit me up at, again, kamal301yahoo.com, and I can um, ask around and see who are some reputable people in your area um, so we can get you to uh, a reputable African spiritual house to do some good work. Um, now, I'm sorry, I saw a caller's hand was up. So let me see if they still want to say something. Yep, 646-764, you are live and on the air. Peace, brother, this is Mr. Oh, there, there, so. <laughs> hey, Rick, how you doing, number, bro? Good, good, good. I know yeah, the switch is about to drop. I've been running my mouth all night, so you know I, I don't have much to say. I just wanted to show my support and soak in the knowledge. 
Americans 
or more properly called Africans in America, or the term that I like to use even more, stolen Africans. We are an African people. Those who weren't forced to leave home by Arab or Caucasoid interlopers, but were forced to deal with the loss of loved ones, the loss of their cultural continuity, and the near loss of their divinely given spirit interaction connection. We are an African people. This work serves as a spiritual corrective. It attempts to reorient us to who we were to who we are. It will place African Christian apologists on the defensive because they have tried to blacken up someone else's religion and give it to us as if we had, have, nothing of our own. It will place Caucasoids on notice that an ever-growing number of once Negro chattel is removing, has removed, and will remove themselves from the religious albatross called Christianity and claim spiritual liberation by reclaiming their systems of veneration handed down by our wise ancestors. It will serve as a beacon of light for millions of Africans the world over who knew Christianity was a bankrupt system, yet before and now had no voice, no instruction, nowhere else to turn. This work sets out to expose the words and deeds of a man who quite, pl- who quite possibly created the template of religious degradation for African people that are still in effect today. While this writer does not place the entire blame on one individual, it only takes a tiny spark to ignite a powder keg, which leads to an explosion. Reverend Dr. Charles Colcock Jones seems to have been that spark. Others jumped on the bandwagon only after favorable results happened from the mind and legwork of Dr. Jones. While tombs have been, are being written, debating the comedic and or Mesopotamian origins of Christianity, this work attempts to bypass that quagmire by asking the question, what were African people doing spiritually before the invasions? And how, how did we get this religion that we cling tenaciously to today? In the blackenized Christian apologist texts, the authors usually have no academic or firsthand knowledge of these systems and thereby give them only a line or two at best, thereby misleading generations of Africans to the grand lie. We had nothing when we came over here. Thank you, Mr. White Man, for giving us religion. It never seems to occur to people who feel the need to traipse out so-called similarities between our traditional forms of veneration and Christianity, that white folks practicing their religion don't do what we do in it. Why? It is because of the Africanity we have injected into it. Our innate Africanness helps us put a different spin on everything we touch. Our point of reference is skewed. <clears throat> excuse me. Our point of reference is skewed when we cling to Christianity 
because of the so-called similarities. We were Africans before we, before any being ever heard of, ever knew of anything called a Jesus, Bible, or Christian. We shout in church not because of Christianity, but because we are Africans. We are moved by the rhythm in church not because of Christianity, but because we are Africans. While we were taken out of our original African context, that original African context was not, can never fully be taken out of us. Let me repeat that. While we were taken out of our original African context, that original African context was not, can never fully be taken out of us. Laws were passed, beatings were given, lives were lost, but the African in us remains. It just awaits our conscious and deliberate identification with it and our conscious and deliberate reawakening of it. And the fastest way to do that is to reclaim our African spiritual systems, starting with those that have traversed the waters to reclaim her children, Fodun, Ifa, and Akan. In the final analysis, Dr. Jones only reached a temporary victory. He momentarily set us back spiritually because at that time, we had neither the faith in ourselves nor the information about our pre-Christian selves. With both of those, however, forever on the rise, the day is fast approaching that his legacy and our death-like grip on Christianity will truly become things of the past. Mother Africa, we hear you clearly now, clearer than before, and mom, we are coming home. So, yeah, how to make a Negro Christian, a reprinting of the religious instruction of the Negro and other works by Dr. Reverend Charles Colcock Jones, with additional commentary and analysis by me, Kamal McCasey Tahuti. You can pick this book up and pick up a free book if you go to Negro Christian, all one word, dot webs, W-E-B-S, dot com. Or if you just want the book, you don't want a free book, um, and it's a little bit cheaper that way, you can go to um, lulu.com slash Kamau, K-A-M-A-U-301, and uh, they'll shoot you out a copy of it. Um, so... Hopefully, I've given everyone enough ammo and enough info to um, deal with the Christians that y'all are talking to as well as looking internally and giving some information on um, returning home spiritually. Um, I feel that we have a, a large amount of Readdressing and re-looking at African information before we immediately jump back into actually doing rituals and going to rituals and stuff like that. And so that's why we have not yet had a show, but it's coming, but we haven't yet had a show 
on how to set up an altar, how to do certain things. Because if you're coming from a Christian mindset, immediately into this African information, there's going to be a lot of Christian overlay in your head. And you you may not have had any time to even think about or look at or deal with African philosophical concepts on their own terms and African spiritual concepts on their own terms. And so that's why I took so much painstaking effort with exposing the fallacy of the African origins of Christianity, part one, two, and three, to walk through and try to explain what the African way is, what some of our precepts and percepts are juxtaposed to what we presently have in our heads by default, unfortunately, which is all the Christian and European lies. Um, and then move directly into this document, and we just closed out a three-part um, series on that, dealing with my book, How to Make a Negro Christian. So you've got three parts of exposing the fallacies of the African origins of Christianity. You've got three parts to how to make a Negro Christian. And I have to add in, you've got three parts of the, the spiritual Willie Lynch letter. If, again, you go to um, Blog Talk Radio and um, just search for Black Family Vanguard, um, you want to they, they, they're doing a whole bunch of good shows But if you want to keep A strain of consciousness Linking that show With this one at least for right now Then they have three called The Spiritual Winter Lynch Letter Where they found out about Colcock Totally separate from me They We just now found out about each other A few weeks ago But even before they knew about my book They were doing shows Talking about Charles Colcock Jones And so the the, the 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 synergy and serendipity of that was just um, very interesting. But now we are um, in contact and we are um, joining efforts, if you will, to get this information out. Because when you read these words, when you go back and listen to these um, archives, and you hear us quoting the words of Colcott Jones, how he really thought about African folks and. The, the, the plans and the, the, the mind work that he put in to figure out how to give us Christianity and all that sort of stuff. And then, like, like today, you heard some of the catechism instruction, the oral instruction. Um, and, and you see the same plan from 1831 when he started this to 2010, then near 2011, Gregorian calendar. And it's almost exactly the same, a little bit of tweaks here and there, but that template, that undergirding foundation that Charles Colcott Jones set in place is still going on today. That's a damn problem. And somebody has to talk about it. Somebody has to expose it. And so... Like I said, in 2006, I put together the book and I reprinted the actual words. So you couldn't say I'm taking shit out of context. <laughs> you can read his words for itself. Um, and then I, then I add my commentary and analysis with the religious instruction of the Negro. I reprint that sermon and then give you the updated work, the suggestions on the religious instruction of the Negro. I reprint that whole thing. And then I even reprint just a section because the catechism was long, but I just reprint certain sections of the catechism so you can see those questions and answers. And and I'm telling you, just, let's try this just as an experiment. <laughs> Go back, listen to the archives where I, I read some of the 
catechism questions. What are the wages of sin? The wages of sins are that. And can anyone do anything uh, to to put themselves in the glory of the Lord? No, they must they must believe in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All that sort of stuff. Go if 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 you got some Christian friends, because I don't have too many. Because <laughs> I try to keep sane folks around me, so I don't have too many Christian friends. But for folks who are listening, who gonna download this? Who do? Ask them some of these questions, the the, the catechism questions. And see if they don't tell you some of the exact same stuff almost verbatim. Or 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 if you cool with the pastors or the preachers or something. Hit them with, with some of the catechism questions and see if they don't tell you the exact same stuff again that this this cargozoid put out hundred and some odd years ago. I mean, it is it is crazy how again, like I said, can can we work out no righteousness of our own under the law for our justification before God? No. What is said question, what is said of our uncleanliness and our and of our righteousness? Answer. We are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness is are as filthy rags. Now, I know we didn't heard that one twenty six, thirty eight times especially on every Sunday, and especially from the older folks in our generation who got beat up with this, you know, a bit longer than we have. But almost almost verbatim question, but may we go, no, but, wait, but may we not go into the place of torment and suffer for our sins and come out again? No, the punishment of sin is everlasting. Question, can we then as sinners save ourselves? Answer, no, we cannot. And then they go into the whole Jesus Christ crap. And and I'm saying when you talk to these folks, it's almost verbatim the exact same answers. And so I attempted to give you where that shit started from. So, so yes, yeah, so. Unless there are any comments from... The callers who are in the queue who have dutifully put their phones on mute um, and just listen to this. I'm going to go ahead and um, end it. Next week, we're leaving the religious peace alone for a little, for a minute, at least for a week. There have been some hmm, interesting slash disturbing things that have been said. Um, just in general, but also on different blog talk shows on ideas of us unifying. And while on the surface they sound pretty good, um, again, for 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 I've been I've been involved in this for about fifteen, sixteen years. So I've been to multiple unity quote unquote unity conferences where different folks of different uh, world views, and we got to look at it that way, different world, not just beliefs, but different world view systems have tried to come together and uh, create something and do something. And usually every time I left those meetings with headaches, one time I just had to leave the shit early because I was like, you know what, I'm tired of the yelling and the screaming back and forth. Uh, and so I'm really hearing from folks that 
we want to bring in the present behaviors that we have now, unchanged, and the present worldviews that we have right now, unchanged, put that all together under the umbrella of Afrocentric or African-centered and actually think we can create long-lasting programs from that. And I'm sorry for my short 16 years in doing this, it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And so I'm gonna be I'm gonna lean heavily on some Amos Wilson um and his blueprint because he looks at he's got a section in there where he looks at the nation of Islam when they in their in their form in their formation and he pulls out some points on what they did that is crucial to what we need to do today. And then I'm also going to make a linkage from that to our successful maroon communities. And unfortunately, a lot of us have no idea what the hell I just said when I said maroon communities. And that's a shame because the successful ones were those of us who ran away from the plantation and were able to go back into the hinterlands, into the swamps, whatever, and the more successful ones created autonomous societies outside of the plantation system. Some of them fought back with the Europeans so bad that Europeans had to create treaties to try to engage them in so there could um so 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 they would stop losing so much of their quote unquote property. Um, and unfortunately, those who went ahead and signed the treaties pretty much got dissolved and got ran over very shortly after, before the ink dried. Um, but there again were some specific things that the successful maroon groups did that made themselves successful. And and I'm going to address some of those next week. And so I haven't figured out the title for the show yet, but that's what we're going to be talking about. And I hope too many folks don't defriend me because I'm going to be stepping on some toes. Um, there's a lot of typical nationalist talk. There's a lot of new nationalist, new pro-black people talk that's, that's out here and it's running rampant. And, 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 and um, I would like to, if possible, save folks some time. <laughs> I mean, you can go ahead and go down the road, and and then after 15, 16 years, then you'll come to the point where I'm at and like, oh, damn, I heard he talk about that a few years ago. I wish I wouldn't listen to this. Or <laughs> we can attempt to change up how we do things now after next week's show if I lay it out well enough, and then we can actually start moving towards um, creating organizations that can actually create programs that can actually create change. Um, but the, the the way the majority of folks are talking about it is going to be done, the same behaviors that we have right now and the same worldviews that we have right now getting those together, just putting them under the umbrella of Afrocentric, and, and that's supposed to be different. No, it's not going to work. It hasn't worked, and it's not going to work. So let's do something different. That will be next week's show. Same time, 
11 o'clock next Sunday. Madasi um, again to everyone that's been um, downloading all the archives, getting about 50, 60 folks a week. And again, I see that as 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 a big thing, a show of this type of information caliber. And I put out on the show page that this is for intermediate and above. So so at least for right now, we have been able to bypass a lot of the arguing and a lot of the um, other type of stuff that happens on so many of those other shows. Some of that shit gives me a headache. Um, so, Madasi, to everyone who is downloading and listening and passing on the information, Madasi, um, to everyone who listens in, who supports, who comes into the chat room and support, um, make sure to check out Ambassador Asar's show. Make sure to check out uh, Brother Holip's show that usually comes on right before that. That usually comes on right before mine. Um, make sure to check out Brother Amachi, A-M-A-C-H-I, check out his show. Um, if you want some deep information on, on African spirituality, you want to check out his show. And, and again, check out Black Family Vanguard, their show. They got an um, interview with um, Baba Mwalimu Baruti, um, who's the author of about 10, 11 books, um, Kibuka, Memphisize, um, Negroes, but his most popular book is The Homosexualization and Feminization of African Men, but they did a, a, a good interview with him on there, and like I said, on Black Family Vanguard, they did a three-part three, three piece, again, on what we were talking about, totally unrelated to each other, except for the third one. They found out about, We found out about each other on the third one, and so they, they got the book, and they sort of talk about it a little bit and address some of the stuff in my book, in the show, as well as continuing on with their own work on exposing Charles Cocock Jones. So that's another show you want to check out. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting a few um, other good shows that are out there. Um, I apologize. <laughs> Just not coming to me right now. But, um, yeah, that'll do it. Next Sunday, 11 o'clock. Oh, make sure to click all the ads on the page, um, the three revolving books. Um, I'm involved in a program with Blog Talks that, 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 that helps me out. And if you go to the other shows that I just mentioned, click on their pages. Um, I know Holip is involved with the program. I don't know if the other folks are, but click the books and the ads anyway, just in case they are. Help 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 the folks out. Um, but that'll wrap up another show. Um, peace to the callers, Madasi, um, and in the chat room, and everyone who will archive this. Abibi Fahodie, Total African Liberation.